Time is running out for the planet Earth. It's impervious to all voices. There's an intriguing sensation. It's a nuclear device. Fun, fun, fun! Yes, that's nice. Statistically speaking, of course, it's still the safest way to travel. It belongs to a creature from outer space. It's a bird! It's a plane! It's very important. It does not confuse. It's a trap! Hi, everyone. Welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Shell Inherit. I'm Daniel Pickett. I'm Jason Lindsay. And, uh, boy, it's, uh, you know, we, we, we skipped a little week because I was out in the wilderness. I'm just glad you're here, that you're back, alive. Yeah. In one piece. Uh, Every year, probably for the past, I don't know, eight years, me and some buddies go on a whitewater rafting trip, and uh, that was last week for me. So it's our, our annual guy trip where we go out in the woods. And... Yeah, you call it your deliverance weekend, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this this year, we went on the Middle Fork of the American River. The Middle Fork of the American River? Yes. Now, what is that? What does that mean for those of us that uh, don't know whitewater rafting? Uh, that means that it is a four-plus rapid. Uh, five is the highest. Really? Uh, yeah. There there are some unofficial sixes Ew. out in the world. Uh, there was actually a six on this run that they, they made everyone get out of the boat, <gasps> uh, scale across some rocks while the guide went down this gigantic drop all by himself through this really treacherous thing. No way. But, uh, yeah, we were all like, yeah, let's totally do it. We paid our money. Come on. And then we sort of got up and around and looked down on it. We were like, yeah, we're okay. Let's not do that one. <laughs> does, it, uh, does it never make you nervous? Uh, oh, sure. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, there, there, there were some pretty crazy things on, on this, this river. So. I mean, obviously, you, but, wear, uh, you, know, you wear a vest and... You've got and a helmet, a helmet, and a, you've got a buddy yeah. to look out for you, and whatever. But still, yeah. things can get out of control. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? We've we've had people tossed out of boats before. Our, our very first year, we got what's called dump trucked, where the whole thing just flips up and everyone flies out. Whoa! Yeah. So that that, be, that was our our year one rookie mistake. That can be scary because I'd imagine you know you're you're under and people just start to panic. Yeah, we did have two guys come up under the boat, and they were not happy about that. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to probably skip that next year. <laughs> right. But, you know, no injuries. We we ate a lot of, uh, you know, smoked meat fish. and, you know, f- yes, fish and you love you know, beautiful, whatever, whatever, beautiful camping. And, whatever the event, people out there listening, if you ever want to plan an event for Daniel Pickett, whatever the event, you can't go wrong if you bring some smoked meats. That is absolutely true. No matter what, you know, funeral, uh, day at the races, you name it. Yep, you know me so well. That is absolutely bring, true. Bring, bring a bucket of smoked meats, and Pickett's going to follow you around all day. That is true. With a big smile on his face. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> well, that's great. I'm glad you had fun. I'm glad you're alive and well and made it back with everybody in one piece. Yes. Very exciting. But <clears throat> that begs the question... You're in the middle of nowhere. How on earth did you get the news about the new doctor? Uh, actually, we were driving back on Sunday. Uh-huh. You know, we had no cell service the whole time we were there. So driving back on Sunday, you know, we packed up and left around 11. And I think by 11.20, uh, I had service. And the the good people at Variety sent me the breaking news. Uh-huh. 
that this is uh, the new Doctor. So it made the local news, like like the local sort of just Channel Four news in the, you know when they get to the entertainment section. They talk oh, about wow. it, which I thought was kind of kind of trippy. Um, so just to <clears throat> to get into it right away, that is my what I'm excited about this week. Uh, Peter Capaldi being cast as the new Doctor. Now I know that we're, we've getting we've been getting some stick lately from our loyal fan base that we we talk about Doctor Who a bit too much. Maybe they think, or that when we do talk about it, <clears throat> we go on about it a bit. So I'll try to keep this uh, brief. But it, it is a big piece of news yeah, uh, sure because is. if you follow the show, it's a, 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 first of all, this is the first time I think ever that, um, you know, rumors were going round about certain actors, and it ended up being actually one of the people, you know, got, got chosen, that the rumors were going around. I mean, like, Peter Capaldi's name was going around, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It was sort of out there on the internet. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how that, that happened, but I just thought it was just, you know, wishful thinking and the usual stuff, because it never, they're never close on any of that. And then the announcement was made, and I was like, holy crap. <clears throat> Somebody must have sort of snuck some info out. It's, it's a radical um, departure, obviously, for the show that's been going along at a certain clip, at a certain vibe, since it came back um, with all this youthful energy, uh, you know, climaxing, essentially, with Matt Smith's character. And, and just Being the youngest guy to ever play the Doctor. The youngest guy to ever play the Doctor, and the... <clears throat> the most full of energy and and so on. And it's not that I think that Capaldi is not going to have energy, but I think that that it's 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 a, a really bold move on Moffat's part for a, a dozen reasons. But um, the obvious you know reasons being you're you're taking a turn here, uh, and you're hoping that everyone's going to come with because they have so far. They've they've come with for for everything, but this is a big deal. So. The good news yeah. is you, you've got this established actor who is a wonderful, wonderful actor. If if um, anyone out there is unfamiliar with his stuff, first of all, he was in an episode of Doctor Who. Which is really weird. Yeah, kind of. Well, you know, what's interesting is Colin Baker was in an episode, was in a story called Arc of Infinity, uh, one of Peter Davison's stories. He was a guard on Gallifrey and ended up shooting Peter Davison's doctor. And then, you know, two and a half years later, ends up becoming the Doctor, which is, you know, strange. So Capaldi was in uh, The Fires of Pompeii. Which was a two-parter. A two-parter. Was that Martha? Very prominent. Was it Martha or was it Donna Noble? Or was it Martha? I think, I think that was Rose, wasn't it? Was it that far back? It might have been. But what's kooky about that is Karen Gillan is in the episode. Yep. In addition but to... But in, like, makeup, you know, full face makeup, so you can't recognize yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So... There you've got a, a, a future doctor and a future companion in the same story. Um, I remember Peter Capaldi from the very first thing I ever saw him in was a film called Local Hero by Bill Forsyth. And um, it's from 1983. Um, uh, long story short, you know, Burt Lancaster is this big oil magnet and he wants some land in Scotland, this tiny little um, village in Scotland, and uh, he's way into the stars and astronomy and stuff, and decides that this is the right place to be to be buying land. So he sends the company rep 
uh, who played by Peter Riegert, who everyone will know from Animal House, um, Karen Allen's boyfriend in Animal House, and loads of other stuff. He's the rep that goes down from New York. The rep that's there for the company that's already in Scotland is played by Peter Capaldi. Okay. So he's got to be like mid-20s maybe in this, in this part. That's the first thing I ever saw him in. Seen him in loads of stuff since, but if anybody wants to dip their toe in and, and get a feel for, uh, for this guy, he's already – he's created a character that has already become a, a comedy classic, sort of like a, a Basil Fawlty. Uh, the character's called Malcolm Tucker in a British series called The Thick of It. And basically, the, this, this, the, the Thick of It is basically uh, Veep. You know, HBO's right. Veep, Armando Iannucci and a bunch of the people that do Veep came from the UK doing the thick of it. So that, that's why it's got that sort of sensibility. Um, but... Yeah, because you, you've talked about both In the Loop and the thick of it on the show several times before. Yes, exactly. And In the Loop, the, the weird thing about In the Loop is a lot of the same cast from some of the, um, some of the uh, thick of it series. But they then stick them in this movie which brings a lot of the, the, the British office over to D.C. And while they're the same actors, they change the names of the characters. The only name that doesn't get changed is Malcolm Tucker. And, you know, this is, again, not something to watch when the kids are awake. You know, put the kids to bed <laughs> because um, <clears throat> he has, shall we say, a very colorful way of expressing himself and, you know, takes the art of the insult to the nth degree, you know, like I'd love to stay, I'd love to stay and chat with you for a while, but actually I'd rather have type two diabetes, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. <clears throat> very yeah. cold, very, very dark humor, uh, and very, very quick witted. He is Scottish and I'm guessing that he is going to do what David Tennant did, which is just, you know, speak with a, with a, with a British accent, uh, not, <clears throat> not do Scottish, but it's a bold move because, Obviously, he's an older actor than the ones that have, that, have, that have come before. He's inheriting the Matt Smith sort of generation. And I, I feel like we're going to get a more mysterious, kind of serious, um, slightly unpredictable doctor uh, based on this casting. And, and also to sort of um, differentiate from what's come before. I feel like we're going to get something very different here. But I gotta know, I gotta think Moffat knows exactly what he's doing. And yeah. on top of everything else, I thought I thought Tennant was a major Doctor Who fan before he got the part. I think uh, Capaldi puts him to shame. Yeah, there's been some really fun stuff pop up, you know, the, the, just these past couple of days about what a super fan he was. Some of his like artwork from when he was like 11 and stuff. And, yeah, and even and, even negative comments from the from the people that were running the fan clubs, talking about what a pain in the ass this guy was. Yeah. You know, bothering the BBC saying I could run the fan club better. Like he's a super duper duper Doctor Who fan. So that's a, that's a good thing. But anyway, I'm thrilled about it. What what what's your take when you when you got the news? Uh, you know, I, it took me a second to sort of realize who he was. Uh, I, I wasn't that familiar with him. Of course, I know you know he was he was in Fires of Pompeii. He was in Torchwood, uh, and he was just in World War Z, which I saw. Oh, was he? Uh, yeah. Oh. And uh, you know, it's interesting the the picture that Variety ran. 
when they when they sent out the the breaking news story is him and he's kind of got this wild Bill Hickok mustache and goatee. Yeah, I think it's from a, a Three Musketeers thing that he was filming uh, at the time. Yeah, and there's I mean just that look of of him with that it was just like well that that would be an interesting doctor you yeah. know we've never had a doctor with like facial hair uh, but he's just got this sort of you know crafty brilliance uh, in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you know, again, I, I, I love everything Stephen Moffat does and I completely trust him and I'm looking forward to what, you know, this, this next iteration is going to be. I find it, you know, when the doctor who started, uh, the doctor was an old guy, mm-hmm. you know, this guy's in his fifties. So, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting return, uh, to that, to that idea. And I'm just, you know, I, I've been, I've been a fan of these last couple of seasons ever since, Moffat took over as showrunner, so I'm I'm absolutely on board with the next next iteration. Well, it's certainly <clears throat> he certainly pulled the rug out because I, I really don't think anyone was think other than the you know the gossip uh, you know, uh, papers. I don't think anyone was thinking. I think everybody was sort of thinking it was going to be another someone in the Matt Smith vein, either that oh, yeah. age um, or you know a bit more wackiness or whatever. I don't. I don't think anyone expected this. Um, in the UK, of course, they're much more familiar with his work, uh, especially Malcolm Tucker. Like that's a that's a big thing. It's funny. I talked to Alex Ross yesterday because he wanted to talk about it immediately, and he was thrilled because his uh, remembrance of Peter Capaldi is from a Ken Russell film called The Lair of the White Worm. Okay. Did you ever see this by chance? Uh, uh, I remember, but I can't remember if I saw it or not. Uh, Amanda Donahoe, Donahue, I think Hugh Grant. This is like late '80s, mid or late '80s. Um, I think I've only seen it once, but it's 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 creepy and weird. Um, but he's in that, and that for some reason Alex latched onto like, oh, he's going to be great, and like because of Lair of the White Worm, like that's what you that's what you're remembering. Um, also the show that I've talked about a few times, uh, on, on, on GSI called the hour. Yes. Right. Yeah. He was in series two of that in sort of, uh, sort of an authoritative, uh, role position, uh, very understated, um, and kind of sweet in certain ways. And he's wonderful in it. Um, really everything he's done, he's, he's, he's really good. Um, but he's, he's, he's very good at comedy, uh, very good at drama. And I love, he's also got a very, in my mind, one of the things that I love so much about Eccleston and Matt Smith and Tom Baker, they've got those doctor ish faces. Right. And I think that, that, uh, there is an alien quality to them. Yes. I think that's what it needs. And I think Capaldi, the nose, the eyes, the, just the, he's kind of gaunt, you know, the hair, he just, he seems like he's not from around these parts. Yeah. And I like that. I think that's, that's what it should reflect more. Um, anyway, that, uh, that's what I'm excited about. Uh, Christmas can't get here fast enough. That's right. Yeah. So for me, for what I'm excited about, uh, and by the time you hear this, the first episode will have aired, but Breaking Bad is back for its final episodes. Wow, that's what, season five? This is, yeah, like, this is really the 
tail end, I think, of season five. They sort of broke it up. You know, it's it's weird. They they kind of do that Battlestar Galactica thing uh-huh. where there's like five and five point five and stuff. Right. So I think there's uh, between six and eight episodes left. Oh wow. Okay. That... It's yeah. It's it is not much. Okay. And you know, I'm just I don't know how they're going to end this. I'm so curious to see where it goes from here. Well, again, I you know you're talking to a guy who really only got to the first four or five episodes. Thought it was wonderful, but as with a lot of these shows, I for some reason couldn't commit. Um, but he's terrific in it, obviously, and um, it's kind of gone all over the place, hasn't it? I mean, he's he, his character sort of has has been all over the place, right? Yeah, and you know, uh, Vince Gillian, the guy, the guy who created it, he has said all along that you know this is the journey of turning a school teacher into Scarface. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I mean, every season has been fantastic, but I've I've really been cognizant, you know, sort of season two, three, four, and five, that it is an exercise in in discomfort. It is an hour of just being on the edge of your seat and not knowing how these people are going to be getting out of these situations week in and week out. I mean, I just, I I am, there's very few shows that I am so cognizant of how uncomfortable and anxious I am while I'm watching it. Well, isn't it also, you know, because it's initially started with him being sick. Yes, that's right. And so isn't there always that element too of like, is he going to die today? Is this, to, you know, for whatever reason or the violence or whatever, like it's not a safe feeling about your lead character either. Right. Right. Exactly. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's unnerving. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're on the, the home stretch of it. And, uh, I, uh, you know, I, I hope they will have a very satisfying ending and, uh, just looking forward to see where it goes and how it wraps up. Speaking of, um, I don't know what, <clears throat> I don't know what <laughs> that was a seamless transition. I don't know what called, speaking of I don't know. I don't know what called me back to this, but I think it was facial hair. You talking about Capaldi's uh facial hair on the red carpet and then I thought yeah. of Breaking Bad's goatee. Um did you see RIPD? Did you ever go out and see it? No, I did didn't. Did any do you know anyone that saw it? No, I don't know anyone that has seen it. <laughs> I just think it's one of those movies that like I can't remember a time that a Big budget, big giant movie has come out with less fanfare than this thing. Like, I think I saw one television commercial. See, I saw stuff for it for months. You did? Oh, yeah. Like TV ads and stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. Trailer TV ads. Oh, I missed that. Billboards, buses. But it just seemed like people were predetermined to hate it. Right. They just felt like it was... Ghostbusters meets Men in Black, and why retread that? Yeah, I don't quite understand why. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, know. you got Jeff Bridges, who people yep. love. And and I heard, I heard he gives a pretty good performance in it. You know, he's certainly I mean, scenery-chewing. Yeah, but it's, you know, Jeff Bridges. I can't think of a time where I've walked out of a Bridges movie and said, oh, boy, he was terrible in that. Like, he's always yeah. serviceable, even in the weakest stuff. Um, it, it, everyone said it was sort of like he was reprising Rooster Cogburn, you know? I, I saw that in the, in the commercial. It kind of kind of seemed that way. And then you yeah. got your Ryan Reynolds, who I always thought that the, the kids loved and the chicks dug, 
But, uh, boy, his, his audience is dwindling. That guy can't open an envelope. Yeah, he had two movies tank in the same week. What was the other one? He was, uh, he's the lead in Turbo, that snail movie. Turbo, the snail movie. Yeah. There were toys and it made, opened the same day. There were toys made for that, too. Uh, there were, yeah. Mattel did it. Did you get them? I got none of them. <laughs> I, w- I was surprised that there was no display for them even at their booth in Comic-Con. I mean, I know they're not exactly like collector properties, but oh, yeah. they, they had that giant like Max Steel push. So What is going on? Can, can we talk about this now? Max Steel? What is going on with Max Steel? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, first of all, this is like the second or third launch for Max Steel. What what number are we talking here? Well, it's really never gone away. It's it's huge overseas. Really? Oh yeah. I did not know. It's that. one of the biggest brands, like outselling Batman and stuff overseas. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. But but now they've reimagined it in this weird, you know, Tron Legacy sort of way. I was just saying, not this. Year. It's like Tron Legacy meets Ben Ten. Right. It's never looked like this. No, it has not looked like this. Right. So every figure has a little, you know, light up feature. And then you've got, uh, you know, larger ones that that talk. Then you've got like, wasn't there like a sort of a utility belt kind of thing with a sword and a, and a that weird uh, chest thing that flies around the room and talks and things? Uh, I think so. I mean, what I mean is that this it's like a huge section of a particular aisle. Devoted yeah. to, to Max Steel, they're really pushing this thing. I don't. I don't think I've actually seen it in stores yet. Oh my God! It's it's there's a there's a, there's a huge like like a quarter of an aisle in Target, huh? And this big section uh, at Toys R Us. My my Target needs to reset. Still, they're just in the still in the clearance uh, factor. Really? Yeah. You got to call them. I know. It's driving me crazy. Don't they know that your dad owns Target. I'm waiting for my Star Wars Blacks, man. Yeah, they should be hitting, right? They are hitting. Well, I found one. I found, uh, this was a while ago, though. I found the Darth Vader. Uh, the three, of the, the three and three yeah, quarter? Yeah, three and three quarter. Oh, okay. The Vader with the, you know. The blast, the Han hand blast, is that the one? Yeah, now that's, a, we've never been given that before, have we? That's correct. I think that's a really neat figure. That's why I had to, like, I don't need to, I mean, if, uh, you know, it'll be piece, piecemeal, whichever ones I see if I'm curious to get them. But that's one that I went, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's very scene-specific. but you know. Yeah, and he comes with like a little, you know, Han pistol that he can have in his other hand. Yep. He swiped it. It's kind of a, yep. kind of a neat little figure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Star Wars Black are, are out and about, so to speak. Um, what, uh, so Breaking Bad's come back. That's what you're excited about. You saw some movies yep. recently? Uh, I did. Yeah. I saw when I was in Oklahoma and we just haven't had a chance to talk about this yet. Cause there's been so much like, uh, comic con <laughs> news and things like that. Right. Uh, I did see monsters university. Oh, fine. which, uh, yeah, I thought was utterly charming. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, we saw, I actually saw that in Oklahoma, and I took Abby and Paige, and we saw it at the drive-in. Neither one of them had ever been to a drive-in movie before. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, we, uh, we, we, we borrowed Dad's pickup and 
and went to the Admiral Twin in Tulsa, which is the drive-in, you know, I grew up going to, okay. going to and uh, we watched ourselves at Monsters University, which I thought was very, very charming. Oh, that's great. And then uh, more recently, I just saw The Conjuring. Ooh, that's the one. Um, isn't that the uh, Lily Taylor one that's yes. the same guy that did Insidious? Is that the same guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's supposed to be really good, right? Uh, it was interesting, yeah. There, uh, it started off really, really strong. So it's 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 the story of, you know, uh, not exactly a haunting, but uh, uh, a demon possession. Okay. And it's being investigated by the same couple that uh, wrote the book about the Amityville horror. Okay. And so they are characters in this, too. And uh, it's it starts off using very sort of Spielbergian, uh, uh, you know, sort of intense tactics where you don't see what it is. Okay. You know, there's literally like there's at, at some point there's, you know, the girls are like there's something in our room behind the door and it just keeps focusing in and 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 zooming in on just this black space. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. But, you know, then eventually, it you know, it, it sort of falls into by the end, kind of that same horror movie, here's a monster sort of thing. Uh, but still really good performances. Mm. It's uh, Vera Farmiga from from uh, Bates Motel. Oh, yeah. And uh, the guy... That. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've, he's, it's, skipping my, it's skipping my brain, but the guy that was Night Owl in The Watchmen, uh, he's the Patrick other lead in it. Patrick Wilson? Yes. Patrick Wilson? Yep. And, uh, you know, it, it, they're just uh, the performances, I thought, were all really, really good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's sort of a leap of faith whether you believe this sort of thing happens or not. Uh, and if you don't buy into that premise at all, the whole thing's going to be really silly. But uh, there were some, you know, there were some good moments and some very good acting. And, you know, it was very interesting to me. So nice. I'd, I'd recommend it as a rental, at least. I, I do want to see it. And uh, my wife wants to see it. She likes such things. The, the kind of <clears throat> scariness. And I think it looks really good. And I liked Insidious. I think it's the same dude that did Insidious. I think you're right. And, um, you know, that's not a perfect movie, but, you know, there, there's a real art to, to you know, get, come, coming up with, the, with scares, you know, genuine scares that, uh, you know, that veer away from the saw you know, hostile kind of horror right. that's become yeah. so prevalent. It's like good old-fashioned, you know, you can tell he's influenced by things like poltergeist. Yeah, yeah. and that, yeah, it's, it's not so much scares, it is suspense where your brain is filling in, you know, the gaps, right. which I think is scarier. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we might we might have to actually get out and see that out in the, in the flesh, so to speak. Did, did you see The Wolverine yet? I have not. Uh, Neither. I think we're going to try and go this weekend. Might go this weekend because she's yeah. uh, she's curious. And that that's again, I've been avoiding details, but it seems like that's been getting a good response, and I think it's doing pretty well. I mean, it was number two this weekend, so I have to think it was number one the weekend it came out. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's been doing pretty well. It, it is doing all right. Yeah. Okay. And I guess there's a, a scene at the end that you have to stick around for. Post credits. Yes. 
that I guess somehow ties into Days of Future Past in some way. Okay. All right. Don't know what it is. I just know that it exists. Might uh, might have to do that uh, this weekend. By the way, did you see the full Sentinel that uh, Ryan Singer tweeted last week? I did. I think I posted it on the on the, our Facebook page. Yeah, actually, I did. Um, I was just surprised there was an actual full full size Sentinel made. Like practical models. Yeah, I guess besides just for I guess scale or. Or comparison, I was just surprised I, that they would even make one yeah. and, and, and put one in there. But, um, you know. By the way, that, that whole uh, X-Men Days of Future Past panel from Comic-Con is up on YouTube now. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. It's like so everybody there? The yeah, yeah. It was a huge cast. Wow. And then some other people have, there's a press conference right afterwards, and uh, there's some clips of that out there, too. Ooh, cool. Okay. If you're so inclined. I'm going to have to check that out. Um, what's going on with uh, Star Wars news? People keep asking me, just random people, because they know I know about Star Wars. They keep asking me, like, you know, really detailed questions about this next film, and you know. Oh, great! Do you have some details you want to share? Yeah, exactly. You know, like, but how does he? You know, what's the story going to be? And did he know this way back then? And how come he's not doing it? And um, you know, you know all the bombshells that came in the past, like, did he have all that figured out? And, you know, what could this story possibly be? And why didn't they do it right away? And, you know, stuff like that. Like, I don't know yeah. all this stuff. I know some of it, but just because I'm a geek. Um, so anyway. Well, I'm, I'm wondering this, this weekend, you know, we're, we're recording this on like the seventh, I think right? uh, this weekend is the D 23 expo, the big Disney fan. Oh, yeah convention that they put on uh it'll be in in anaheim and i'm wondering if there won't be any sort of teases at that there's got to be some more information because i mean i gotta tell you this thing is coming out any day now <laughs> the star wars movie yeah yeah you know what i mean like it's don't you think you know under normal circumstances if this was just a a regular sort of summer 2015 movie that we'd be we'd be seeing more stuff and hearing more stuff than we have now they, they got to hustle I think they do have to hustle, yeah. So so the D23 is, is this weekend. I'll be curious to see if they reveal anything. I know they've got stuff planned. Uh, I think they're going to show the first episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, the Thor 2 trailer came out today. I'm sure there'll be stuff about Thor 2. Oh, okay. Did you see the new trailer? No, yet? no. I got Oh, you should, you should jump online okay. and check that out. It's good. All right. Uh, and then, you know, they announced just two weeks ago, I think, that's uh, the the date... And uh, the on-sale time for tickets for Star Wars Celebration, the next one. And it's going to be in our backyard. It's going to be in Anaheim in 2015. Oh, no, wasn't that? So it was the, It was downtown, what, 20, wait, wait, a few years ago. Yeah, it was, it was, a couple of years ago, yeah. yeah. And then the last one was in Europe just a couple of weeks back. Mm, okay. Uh, and it's been in Florida a couple of times. Okay. And so the next one is Anaheim in 2015, and tickets actually went on sale today, this morning at 7 a.m. So I'm going to see if I can get in with a press pass again. I did that last time it was here. So wow, yeah, that can, I mean I'm that's I've never been. It's fun. It's interesting. I mean, it's you know it's a very Star Wars centric uh, convention, mm -hmm. but they always do a, a good uh, a good presentation, and I'll be curious to see, you know, with it being 
now that Disney owns it and it being in Anaheim, just really how much stuff, you know, they, they, Disney puts on a very clean, crisp, uh, good show. You know, they, they, they have got all that sort of line cues and stuff down to a science. So, uh, and then I guess the other news, this was kind of out of, uh, comic con and stuff. There's a new star Wars, angry birds, angry birds two, which will focus on all six of the previous films. But I think it starts in the prequel world. Uh, that app is coming out, I think, September 9th. Uh, and this one is, it sort of takes a page from the Skylanders thing where if you buy toys, it will help augment the game. Oh. So instead of the game choosing which birds you fling at any given screen, uh, if you buy the new Angry Birds sets, they have a little portal thing that they sit on that sits on your, you know, ad- your iPad or your Android uh, tablet or phone, anything with a front-facing camera, and it will beam that whatever character you want into the game, and you can use those uh, on any given level. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Nice. And then in the Star Wars strip mining, uh, uh, I guess to sort of keep the name out there and keep the young kids interested in it, uh, there was a a week of Star Wars uh, on Club Penguin, and Club Penguin is sort of this kids MMO that Disney runs, uh, where you're a penguin and you have like a little house. It's kind of like Sims, but with penguins and you play with your friends and you can talk and you earn things mm. and they have jobs. And so there was a Star Wars, uh, Club Penguin week. And then they also announced at Comic Con that there'll be some episodes of, uh, Disney's Phineas and Ferb that are Star Wars themed. So it seems like they're sort of, they keep seeding the waters of the young kids so that they'll be excited when the the new film comes out. Since you know they, when Disney bought it, they really scuttled a lot of other plans. You know there was that Seth Green uh, comedy show that was kind of a behind the scenes thing. Yeah, and wasn't there of the Star Wars? Show? Wasn't there another? Maybe I'm getting my wires crossed. They're actually going to do this, or wasn't there another possible animated series? I think that is still going forward. That's going forward. Okay. Is it like Rebels or something? It's it's the guys that did Clone Wars. Right, but I thought it was something else before that that got changed, but maybe I'm completely mistaken on that. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. A lot's happened. Yeah. <laughs> A lot's happened since that announcement, so it's hard to keep track. Yeah. I just, I mean, I just feel like it's getting closer and closer, and there's it, the sort of official big announcements, you know, haven't really been been falling into place. You know, like, whether it's just, you know, I mean, it's still kind of early, but like, you know, casting stuff, you know, title. uh, uh, We know that it's going to be filming in in England, you know, but um, they're just, maybe they'll just start teasing stuff and we'll start hearing stuff every couple of weeks or something. I don't know, but it just seems still kind of radio silence for the most part on, on the big information. Yeah, you would think that they've got a script by now since they're starting to right. look at casting and stuff. So, I don't know, maybe at D23 we get the title. That would be a huge reveal. Yeah, that, I bet that, uh, maybe that's, that could be it. That could be- don't you remember when we got the, like, the announcement of The Phantom Menace? We were like, what? I remember the announcement was, that was made for, uh, what was the third one called? Attack of the Clown? Uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. That announcement being made at Comic-Con, 
Right. Like you had to be in the uh, the big giant room for the Lucasfilm panel. Yeah. And like Steve Sansweet or whoever, you know, made made the announcement of, uh, of a title uh, in, in in that room. Um, yeah, lots lots going on there. They better they better hustle. <laughs> time time is a waste. Time is a ticket. That's right. Um, what's this about Glee? Are you a, you are you a, are you is there a, is there a name for Glee people? They're called Gleeks. Are you a Gleek? I am not. You don't watch the show. I watched uh, I watched some of the first season. Is it something? It was something that maybe I'm, and that was enough for maybe me. Maybe your daughter would be into because she likes music and. Uh, I would not let my daughter watch the show at her age. Really? Is it? Is it? Oh no! Is it? Is it sort of racy? Yes. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like, like sexually? Yes. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was like sort of uh, whitewashed and like High School Musical. Well, I thought it's yeah. I thought it sort of made fun of his wholesomeness. Oh no! Clearly, I'm uh, clearly I'm wrong. Uh, but yeah, they they are going to. They've announced, you know, that uh, amongst the uh, you know all their other announcements, because you know one of their leads passed away not too long ago, Corey Monteith, uh, that they're going to have a two part Beatles episode. Uh, and I'm just wondering if your love of the Beatles is enough that will pull you in to watch those two episodes. Thinking. You've gone away. <laughs> <laughs> Dead air. Give me a moment. Is um, it enough? No, it's not. Okay. Uh, you know, here here's the thing. I if if everyone's agreed to it and they're going to do this thing, there's no stopping it. And if it turns on, you know, another generation, uh, you know, to these songs and they and they start to want to know more and and you know uh, <clears throat> dig some of this stuff up, then I think that's a good thing. Uh, I'm sure it'll be done. With a certain amount of taste, I don't know. Uh, if Paul McCartney is announced to appear on it, will that change your story? McCartney has been announced to appear on it. He has not. But I'm saying if that happened, I would, probably, would that change your leaning? I would probably tune in just to to see what kind of train wreck that might be. Train wreck television. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, but um, I'm actually surprised that it's taken so long. Maybe they've been. It must have been in the works. Well, there's been some holdouts, you know. Not everyone wants their music used on it. Yeah, so is it, and it just, because I've never really seen the show. Is it like a musical where where people can just be walking down the hall and all of a sudden, boom, break out into a, a song? Or is it only when they're rehearsing for whatever shows or things that they're doing? It is both of those things. Okay. and it, so Both of those things can happen. They, they, will, they will get assignments from their teacher where they have to do like mashups and assign different artists. But then, you know, there's also a bit of fame where they'll just start dancing in the streets. <laughs> That's funny. A bit of fame. Is, is fame too dated a reference? I hope not. I got it, but we may have lost Good. a chunk of the audience. <laughs> That's what I was afraid of. <laughs> no. I'm just like, when was the last time anyone saw or heard from fame? <laughs> Speaking of famous things and people, Yes. Like this transition. Um, I do. That, that one's much smoother than speaking of I don't remember. Right. Uh, Johnny Depp. Good old Johnny Depp seems to be throwing people under the bus, which is very uncharacteristic of Johnny Depp. Yeah. He's usually pulling people out from under the bus. Right. Uh, but he seems to be 
uh, laying some blame somewhere about Lone Ranger. And I think uh, Arm & Hammer Baking Soda is doing the same thing. You mean the Star Army Hammer? Yes, I do. Yes. If you don't change your name, if you're going to keep your name Army Hammer, <laughs> you're. I'm sorry, people are going to think you're a baking soda, and they're going to make jokes the rest of your life. They're going to leave you in the fridge. Exactly. Um, in the back to fight odors. So what's going on? He's He seems to be... Well, yeah, and he's also talking... He said he's not quite there yet, but he's nearing the end of his time as an actor. Really? He said that? He has said that now. Oh, I didn't hear that. Said, he's only 50. Yeah, he said it's kind of coming... He feels like he's he's done a lot of what he wants to do, and he feels like he's doing some of the same stuff over and over again, hmm. and just not interested, so... But yeah, it's uh, they they have sort of been saying they feel that because you know the Lone Ranger got scuttled at least one other time for the budget being too high. Yes, and it was sort of reworked and brought back from the dead. I think that was uh, before they even started to roll, right? I mean, wasn't that one of the issues that, that kept delaying it was that they couldn't agree on a a budget? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But it got very close to starting, I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he, because of that, he, you know, he says that he feels that critics sort of prejudged it and wrote their critiques of it back then, you know, in anticipation of it ever coming out, and no one gave it a fighting chance. So they they were biased because of the um, the stories about the budget, tales of the budget woes. Yeah. Uh, and um, and let that influence how they felt about it. But what about the forget the critics? What about the what about the the people just going to see it that didn't go uh, to see it? I I haven't seen it yet. Uh, one of my buddies that was on the rafting trip saw mm-hmm. it and just said it was awful. Really? And he enjoys Johnny Depp greatly and likes all of the uh, you know the pirates movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So so apparently it's just. Not good, and that's why people are not seeing it. Well, like, so it's kind of it's kind of the opposite of John Carter. You know, we saw that with John Carter, where people <laughs> prejudged it, and you know, the marketing was terrible. But it was it wasn't a bad film. Uh, Lone Ranger seems to not be great. Well, like awful. How? What did they say? Like that was so bad. Uh, they said it was sort. Of, you know, it, it couldn't really find its tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently. Uh, in the you know I, I hope I guess this is spoilers for <laughs> anyone that plans on seeing it if there are still people out there waiting on it. Uh, skip ahead about two minutes. Uh, apparently, at the beginning, Tonto does something that causes the the slaughter of all of his people, his entire tribe. Jeez. And he loses his mind, and that's why he acts so crazy the whole time. So it's like. All this comedy is supposed to be born out of this awful, awful tragedy of him being so wacky and zany. What? And it just, you never can quite get on board. It's just like, well, that's awful. Of course he's messed up. So it's not like it's funny. It's just sad. He's lost his mind because <laughs> everyone he knows was slaughtered horribly. What? Yeah. That sounds so, like a sketch. <laughs> right, yeah. So that's kind of your baseline starting. So that that's that's what I know about it. Wow. Well, I remember Depp saying that he really wanted to do something different with Tonto and make him sort of the lead rather than yes. the stereotypical, you know, character that's been around, you know, for a while. Um, 
And that certainly would take it in a different direction, that's for sure. Yeah. You've just described. Uh, yeah, it just became... I remember the first couple of trailers just thinking, I just don't have much of an interest. Uh, and then before you know it, it's, it's gone. Uh, but I have seen some, you know, to, to, to be fair, I have seen a couple, some people say, you know, it's not amazing, but it was mindless summer fun and hooray. So I think it's just the, the whole, the Lone Ranger thing, uh, just on its own, is not particularly interesting to me. Right. You know, as classic sort of characters go or stories go, there's loads of other stuff I'd, <clears throat> I'd rather see happen. Um, speaking of movies and... Uh-huh. Wow, sort of factors like that really just happened. Uh, Harrison Ford's new announcements. He's been picking some some really interesting stuff here and there. It seems, and, and it seems like he's doing more and more. You know, for so yes. long, yeah. you would see a Harrison Ford film like every two years, every three years. But now you can see him, you know, three or four times a year. Well, that's the other thing. Have you seen these billboards for this the newest movie that he's in? It's called, That's not Ender's Game. It's called it's a different one. Paranoia. Oh uh, yeah, and it's but they're just words. You don't yeah, see any people. It's just they're the worst billboards ever for a movie. It's just the word paranoia in red letters, and then something kind of written over it, like you know it's already happening, or like your privacy is already gone, or whatever. And then the, then the cast list at the at the top. But I mean, it, yeah. it literally looks like. Uh, a billboard for you know auto insurance or something. It does. Yeah, it's, they are not compelling billboards. Yeah, you would not. You'd never know that it was a new movie about about to come out. Um, so he's been picking some interesting things, like you know his his you know one or two days on on Anchorman two, whatever that's going to be. Uh, Ender's Game. Uh, I don't know if you ever did see Forty Two. I ended up seeing it. Uh, I haven't yet. And he's wonderful in it. He's really, really good. Like he's, he's really doing a character piece with, you know, m- you know, prosthetics and uh, you know, a fat suit stuff like that. He really, he really uh, gave it his all. He's very, very good in it. Um, so the latest news just broke, I think today, is that Bruce Willis was going to be in Expendables three because he's been in the other two. Stallone, yeah, exactly. Stallone's. Um, insane homages to uh, 80s action flicks. And he's, he's walked away from Expendables 3, and Harrison Ford has stepped in. So we're going to see Harrison Ford in Expendables 3, which is so strange. And I know this sounds wrong. It sounds snobby of me to sort of make this analogy or say this. But everybody else that's sort of been in these movies – were, were of a particular sort of came from a particular background or their movies were of a particular type. Whereas yep. Harrison Ford's not to demean those movies, you know, the tango and caches and the, you know, the striking distances or whatever. Cyborg, cyborg cop, cyborg cop threes. But Ford's were always a cut above. I mean, Ford was like the A list of, you know, sleek action. You know what I mean? As opposed to... Like The Fugitive, like Air Force One. Yeah, as opposed to, like, you know, catchphrases and, you know, inventive ways to blow people's faces off. Kind of. Right. So 
there's a real weird like crossover thing going on here for him to sort of jump into this particular genre because you know what I mean everybody else that's in these movies and everything else that they're riffing on makes sense they were part of that insane scene in the 80s so when they mirror that in these in these new movies and and certain bits of dialogue or fantastical deaths or whatever it fits because you know Chuck Norris could do that right and you know whatever Harrison Ford doesn't it feel like he sort of walked into the onto the wrong set kind of <laughs> yeah I mean you don't expect to see a list that says you know Dolph Lundgren uh Jackie Chan, Jean Claude Van Damme, Harrison Ford. <laughs> right. You know, he does. Is that wrong of me to say that? I, I, I get what you're saying, but I guess uh, Bruce Willis was being very difficult and greedy, and Sylvester Stallone said, "You know what? You can be replaced." Yeah, he said that. Gave him his walking papers. Like tweeted that. Yeah, he said he said something like, "Nothing worse than." Then, uh, it said like being lazy and greedy is gonna be a career killer every time. <laughs> yeah, this will, and then he announced this Harrison Ford replaces Bruce Willis in Expendable Things. Yeah, well, I love the little thing that that Stallone said because you got to give it to Stallone. I mean, did you see this one he did called Bullet to the Bullet in Your Head? No, or, I didn't. Or Melt Your Face Off, Buckets of Blood. <laughs> I remember there was a Monty Python. There was a Monty Python episode where. Eric Idle was like hosting a movie review show, and he said, "Next week we'll be looking at John Wayne's new film, Buckets of Blood Pouring Out of People's Heads." <laughs> and 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 Stallone's thing is called "Bullet to Your Face" or "Or Cut Off Your Head" or "Blow Your Face Off to Spite Your Nose," and it's done by Walter Hill. And so you think, well, Walter Hill, you know, he's he's pretty classy, dude. You know, Forty Eight Hours and. Um, all those other movies that he did. Right. Um, he didn't write it, but you think, oh, it's kind of, a, maybe this is going to be a return to form. Stallone, you know, like that time he did Copland. He was so good in Copland. It was great. And he one. tried so hard. And like 10 minutes later, he went right back to, you know, stop or my mom will shoot. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. So this thing, it's so bad. This bullet to the, I watched part of it on an airplane. It is so bad I can't even. I mean, the guy that's like the second lead. I think I've already talked about this. The guy that's I think the second it, yeah. lead just seems like an extra that they gave lines to. It is so, so, so bad. But you got to give it to Stallone because, like, he has managed to not only stick around, but he's managed to take Rocky and Rambo, and rather than be the the butt of the joke and get made fun of for trying to resurrect these guys at his age. He did it twice and pulled it off both times. Yeah. And I'm not saying that the product was good. I'm saying people went and responded to it. You know, so yeah. people seemed to love him. And these two Expendables, you know, I had fun with the first one. I, I, I wanted it to be that insane, uh, you know, craziness. It never really went there for me, but I, I, I liked it enough to go – you know, good for you guys to, to try to bring something like this back. The second one, I don't even remember. Um, so this one could really be something. But it's, it's you got to, like I say, Stallone, he just seems giddy that he got Harrison Ford to be in this thing. Right. 
Like he said, didn't he make a statement something along the lines of, you know, been waiting a lifetime for this? Yes. You know, like wanting to to share a scene with Ford or whatever. Um, so it just definitely made me curious. Yeah, yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, Muppets. I know you're a Muppet fan. I am. New Muppet trailers out. I got. To tell you. They yeah, they got a little teaser for the new Muppets Most Wanted. I'm gonna be honest with you. Yep. Not gonna get me to go see the Muppets. Not that trailer. <laughs> okay. Not doing it. I, I. I. But they sing moves like Jagger. Ugh. I. Um, you know, I. I enjoyed the Muppets. I thought it was fine. I did not think it was great. I didn't think it was. Um, a travesty by any means, and I'm glad that someone that clearly cared about the characters, uh, you know, brought it back, and we're going to get more. Yep. I did not think it was great by any stretch of the imagination. And this trailer, I don't think is very good. So they need to step it up. I think. Fun kind of uh, cast though. You got Ricky Gervais and what's his name? Yo, what's his name? Terrific. Ty, Ty Burrell. Ty Burrell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It looks like there's a, a crap ton of people in it, so uh, we'll. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting to see what's next, but you know, it, it feels like uh, you know we we sort of got diminishing returns on you know the original Muppet movie and then Muppets Take Manhattan. I guess that was a it was great Muppet caper and then Muppets Take great Manhattan. Great Muppet so. caper. Yes. Great caper film. Yes. Had Charles Grodin. Oh my God! Always, always a delight. And, and Diana Rigg. Yes, that's right. Uh, uh, but also, speaking of the Muppets, mm. uh, I guess this next week or so, yeah. they are releasing a 35th anniversary Blu-ray of the Muppet movie of the original. Oh, really? Yeah. Any extras or? I think there will be some goodies on it. Yeah. There should be like a feature-length documentary about the making of that movie. Oh, I would love that. You know, that was so groundbreaking. Yeah. And such a big movie. Yeah, when you saw, like, Kermit, like, sitting on a log playing the banjo in a swamp with water. Yeah. You were like, how did they do that? He's riding a bicycle? Was that the one he rode the bike? Yeah, he rode a bike. Yeah, it's a good thing frogs can hop, otherwise I'd be gone with the Schwinn. Miss, miss. Yeah? Um, yeah, that that was a really groundbreaking movie. And it's funny you say uh, drive-in. That makes me think of the drive-in. Like, I saw it in the oh. theater, but then you know what? You know, remember how they used to do with drive-ins where they would it'd be a double bill, and the, yep. but the second one was the one that had been out already for eight months, nine months. Yep. So that was a double bill. I'm almost positive it was the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings, and then the Muppet movie. Same film. I don't even know how you tell when one ends and the next begins. <laughs> that was the double bill. Huh. Uh, yeah, and I stayed awake for both because I wanted to see the Muppet movie again. But pretty strange. Pretty strange yeah, yeah. pairing, you know, if you think about it. Um, but, uh, God, those were the days, the Muppets. Oh, yeah. You know when you'd watch the show and now wait, it's going to be a movie? They're putting a movie out? Yep. You know, those summers going to see, you know, a, a movie a week when the new stuff yep. came out. Do you remember that one with um, Chevy Chase and Benji? Uh, I do, yeah. He was a detective. Yeah. That, that I think got killed 
and then he came back as Benji. Right. What the hell was it called? And he and he and see, I think it, I think it took place in London. I can't can't for the life of me remember. I remember watching Chomps back at the time about the robot dog. That was based on a true story, Chomps. It was it was based on the true story. Yeah, it's a documentary. Had Valerie Bertinelli in it. And uh, and uh, oh <laughs> no, that was me. That was me. Uh, and Henry. The 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 kid from. Uh, it's a kid from Land of the yes, Lost. The was kid the from Land of the Lost. Yeah. Uh, enough. Uh, Henry knows the answer, and I'm ignoring him. Stop it. Uh, the kid from Land of the Lost, whose name was that. Will. Will Park. That was his, that was his character. Wesley, something. It might be Wesley, was it? It might have been. He he uh, he came out and became a real advocate for uh, for gay rights. Did he really? Yeah, yeah, he did. Oh wow! Turned out him and the little uh, brontosaurus had a thing going on. Oh. On the show. It's funny. I was at a restaurant the other night with my wife, and uh, there was a, a waitress there that was wearing like jeans, uh, a plaid a red plaid shirt, and then had her hair done in two braids. <laughs> and she was very short. I'm like, what is with the Holly cosplay going on at this restaurant? Did, she, did you say that to her out loud? I didn't, no. Okay. I, I think she was too young to know what in the world I was talking about. Probably. Yeah. Marshall, Will, and Holly. On a routine expedition. Is that the greatest earthquake ever known? Didn't, didn't, didn't Will Ferrell riff on that somehow? He did a film of it that was supposed to be abysmal, yeah. Yes, no, yes, he did. But there was a there was a character in something that was like a marshal and and his name was Marshall Willenholly. Like that was oh, the, I don't know. that was the last name was Willenholly. Okay. Does that ring any bells? Not to me. I swear I'm not making this up. I'll have to look it up. All right. But uh, anyway, that's a show. There's a lot of stuff yeah. going on there. So for for TV news, yeah. uh, it was announced at Comic-Con that uh, on Arrow, the second season of Arrow, we would see both Black Canary and The Flash. Are they going to shoot that poison arrow, do you think? Shoot the poison arrow? At some point in, in the show. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? That's a song by ABC. Shoot that poison uh, arrow. I see what you're doing there. Um, okay, Black Canary and who? And The Flash. Oh, no kidding. And The Flash will be in three episodes, and then he is supposed to spin off into his own show. Really? Yeah. Are they going to get John... John Wesley Ship? Harding? I think he has uh, thrown his hip out by now. Oh, come on. Not, not going as fast. He's uh, Wasn't he like sort of the dad in uh, Dawson's Creek? Uh, I didn't watch a lot of Dawson's Creek, so I'm unsure. Yes, that. you did. I didn't. Um, yeah, I think he was. I think he was on the creek. Okay. I think he, he hung out at the creek. I know he was like a soap star before then, but uh, right. Oh, that's I interesting. Know he did Ash. Yeah. TV. I think that would work good as a as a show. Again. But you know what I mean. I feel like it. Um, I don't know if that screams movie to me right away. The Flash. Yeah, but it screams um, TV series. Yeah, so I think I think Jeff Johns is going to be writing the three Arrow episodes. Oh, really? That have the Flash. Yep. Yeah, I'm not. And then, I'm, I'm, uh, not uh, I'm not going to get excited about that. Jeff Johns was the guy who 
you know, was going to make everything right for Green Lantern. <laughs> right. And talked about it for months. Yeah. You know, but he's written some other good things outside of that. Yes, he has. But yeah. Green Lantern was not a great film. Yeah, it just kind of shocks me. It's like you kind of put that in someone's lap. It basically capsizes plans for a franchise and or potential for a, a Justice League thing and then go, oh, here, why don't you take a stab at this one uh, as well? That kind of shocks me. It's like you blew it. You really blew it with the Green Lantern thing. And it's, I'm not just going to say that studio interference or too many meetings. Jeff Johns was instrumental in that storyline and getting that thing moving. Um, disappointed many, 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 many people. So, so I'm, maybe I won't get excited about The Flash. I'll watch it. Well, he's written some very good episodes of Arrow already. And, uh, well, we'll see. Um, but that's, that's great news. Anything that's you know, getting more genre stuff out there I think is great. Yeah. Speaking of more genre Bring stuff, it. CBS has renewed Under the Dome for another season next summer. Okay. Because they hate us. Is it terrible? It's a terrible show. I don't even know what it's about. It's about people living under a dome. Oh. A little small town and a big dome comes down and everyone's freaking out. And... Is that what the title comes from? Yes. That's right. Interesting. And uh, I guess it's based on a Stephen King story. But That's it's got like, you know, uh, it's got like the brother-in-law from Breaking Bad is like a city councilman. And he's got he, he's got a son named Junior <laughs> who right now is like a deputy sheriff in the town who is maybe the worst actor I've ever seen. And and he's not just a bad actor, but he's written horribly, too. <laughs> He's, like, got this girl, like, he's the quintessential, like, creep. He's got a girl, like, locked up in the storm shelter. And it's just, like, he is mugging so hard, I think he's going to break my television set. Who's the guy? Do we know the actor? I, I don't know. He's a young kid in an awful role. Oh, but uh, I just speaking of shows that are just strange, and, and the lead I find to be fine, but physically I find him to be a really unusual-looking guy. On television, there's a, there's a show on um, not Bravo, but it's called Banshee. Have you heard of this or seen this? About it's about a town called Banshee. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I think it was developed by Walton Goggins, actually. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, and, and it's he, like him and his writing partner came up with it. Okay, and he's a guy <clears throat> that's a convict that somehow slides into this town and becomes the sheriff. And nobody okay. questions it, sort of. Uh, I've never seen the guy before that's the lead in it. Uh, but he's, he's got a really unusual face. Very, very strange um, features. Um, and I've watched a couple episodes, and it's, it's interesting. But it's, it's kind of weird. It's some very sort of strange and eccentric um, characters. It might be worth huh, digging up. It's the kind of thing that you might be attracted to and then all of a sudden you sit down and watch you know six episodes kind of thing right yeah yeah uh, yeah so I did just finish watching season three of The Killing oh yeah you, and, you were loving that right it was fantastic wow. it was some of the best TV I have seen like the the next to the last episode uh, was maybe an hour of some of the best TV I've ever seen wow and then they showed us the two part finale uh oh 
and oh, did the wheels come off the cart. I can hear the disappointment in your voice. It was crushing disappointment. Really? It's like, they, yeah, they just have to, they feel like they have to follow this formula where it's like, oh, we've been doing all this, we've been doing all this, but there's a huge twist, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, you don't have to do that. You had a great storyline, you had great moments, great characters, and then just for the sake of this plot device, you throw all of that out. Oh, jeez. And it was just like, I really wish I hadn't even seen that episode. Wow. So they it, And it undid all the goodwill and all the good stuff. Undid all the goodwill, yeah. They did like, thir- I guess it was 11 fantastic hours, and then they ruined it with the last two. Did you stand up at one point and look at the television and say, they're killing me? <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I know... Yeah. That's that is crushing, especially when you've made the investment that you've made. Yeah, that's a big investment. Yes, you know, uh, to be uh, disappointed in such a way. Yeah, I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that. So we got to wrap up soon, but let's talk a little bit of toys before we leave. Okay. Uh, I I just posted this over on AFI, and I'll put a link in the show notes. But every year for the I think it's, this may be the second or third one, Walmart does. Uh, a, a little contest uh-huh. about new products, getting new products in the store. Okay. Where you can vote. It's kind of like American Idol. You vote to say, yes, I'd like that. And, you know, companies make these little trailers and, you know, you kind of go through three rounds. And if it works, you get your toys on the shelf in Walmart or, you know, whatever. You get your snack or your, you know, your beachwear or your whatever. Uh, but the guys at Captain Action have were entered into this year's, and they were accepted, so they are in the voting right now. Oh, that's great. So that would be huge for them, you know, to get their stuff into Walmart. Good so uh, you can vote, I think, once a day on it. So uh, swing by and give those guys some love, because they're both really good guys. Good for them. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Ed and, Ed and Joe over at Captain Action. Yeah. Uh, the Four Horsemen Kickstarter is criminally insane at this point. Yeah, they don't need our help. Doing, it's got five days left. They're doing just and it's, fine. It's a little shy of $200,000 at this point. I think they're doing just fine. Yesterday, when I wrote the outline, uh, they were at 160000 But I looked at it today, and it's way beyond that. So uh, they keep adding more and more stuff. They've got like a bald eagle that's got like an American flag cape. They've, they quite literally have a pink flamingo one now <laughs> that you can buy. Uh, they've unlocked everything, the bone wings, the regular wings, uh, they're stands now. Uh, they're just going gangbusters. So people really have, really have taken to that line. So that's great. Which I think it's great. Yeah. And then I think the last thing to mention still are the Mattel subs uh, are not doing great. So they've got the Ecto One that you can buy. That's for Ghostbusters. That fits the six-inch figures they were doing. They've got the Masters of the Universe line. And then uh, the DC line. And I think Masters is, I don't know, somewhere around 39% right now. Mm -hmm. And DC is down about 22%. Uh, I sat down with Scott yesterday and did an hour-long podcast interview with him that I'm putting up on AFI today. Uh, It's just, you know, a conversation. And he really is very honest about every question I ask him. So... Uh, he's not skirting around or dancing, and, and uh, you know, this stuff is really 
at a critical time. And if people don't want it, that's fine. But, uh, you know, if the, there's just a lot of strange ill will of people who think that it's scare tactics and, you know, they're trying to, I don't know, soak money out of us or they're... Uh, I, think there's a, I think there's a bit of that, but I think it's... I think people have been burned. I think people have been burned, you know, over and over and over again by the choices that are being made by the sculpts, by the Watchmen subscription alone. I mean, these are over $30 a figure. And there is stuff that NECA does for $14, $15, $15 as a smaller company that, I'm sorry, beats the crap out of every Watchmen figure that's come out. I don't know where the disconnect is. I don't know where it it loses its its way along the way where these things aren't controlled or fixed or go, no, that needs another pass before it goes out the door, etc. Um, that, that's, that was a huge blow to a lot of people, myself included, because I bought two of those uh, subscriptions, one to keep uh, packaged, one to, to open. For Watchmen? Yeah. I think people, okay. I don't think it's ill, I don't, there may be a little bit of ill will, but I mean, people have spent thousands and thousands of dollars on the Matty stuff. They have gone to the mat, they have been there to support it. Um, and I think they're, I think they're just over it. I think it's just kind of run, uh, run its course for whatever reasons. And they're, they're not happy with the product that they're, that they're getting. If they were, I think the subscriptions would be up and everybody would be diving right in and they'd be, they'd be happy campers. But I think that it's, it's, you know, they've disappointed a lot of people and, um, you know, it had a, they had a good run. They all, they all had a, a pretty good run. Um, but it's, you know, when, when I think if, if, if some of these figures were like, and I know there's a million excuses why they can't be, and I'm not sure I, I necessarily buy all those, you know, having, you know, my own toy company, if these, yeah. if these figures were 17, $18 a piece, that's including postage. I don't think you'd be having quite as much pushback. You're, you're, uh, yeah. it's, these are really expensive figures and when you go why doesn't Ozymandias have Bubastis why wouldn't he even a PVC Bubastis why wouldn't he or just accessories that you know each figure should come with at least two accessories um, that that isn't happening um, I think that's that's asking a lot for people to shell out you know and um, I think they've sort of they've hit their wall in many ways I think maybe so you know it's it's asking a lot for people to keep digging in their pockets uh, to keep these things going, to then maybe get four characters that they want, or you know, uh, well, I don't, I don't think the character selection has been bad like that. I, I, there's been at least one dud in each year. I feel like you know. I mean, people, can, and I don't know enough because I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not really following the DC thing, but I know people have complained year after year about a lot of the choices, or they're making short lists of why can't I get an Alfred. Why can't I get a Bruce Wayne? Why can't I get a Dick Grayson? Why can't you know they have these figures they seem to love with you know people wearing you know business suits? How about an Alfred? You know it's it's there. There's a lot of complaining about the choices being made and and the repetition or like here we go again. You know another Batman or another this or another that. Um, and granted, you know there's there's plenty of good to say about this stuff. There's plenty of of good to, to plenty of things to praise to have brought so much of this stuff to fruition 
but it doesn't mean that that everybody's going to be thrilled with with all the choices that are made and i mean they're they're very vocal about it too uh, but no one's ever going to be happy with any choice you know of of any line not across out there. the board you know, you've always got yeah not across the board necessarily but i mean there's plenty of lines that as a completist even if i didn't like you know two or three characters i didn't think they were great sculpts if if there were 10 figures in the movie line or whatever it was i would i would want you know to get them uh, i'll give an example like the and this is where people, I think, are pulling back, you know, because of costs and things. Um, the Man of Steel movie masters. Mm-hmm. You know how I feel about the movie, but I love the movie master stuff. I have all the Dark Knight, you know, all the Batman stuff. From, you know, internet photograph to finished product, those are miles apart. I mean, that sculpt of Michael Shannon is unrecognizable that that's even that's even him the russell crowe is so soft um as to again be unrecognizable i didn't even bother with the next wave you know i got the first wave and i, I was like oh the you know, movie masters they'll go along with the batman i didn't even bother with the next the next wave because it was like oh it's the same figure with handcuffs oh it's this thing in a different outfit but it's still the same sculpt you know like uh, yeah, but that, that's a completely different group that you're talking about. But it's still it's Mattel, it's it's the Mattel stuff. It's 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 a lot. That is Mattel, it's but it's the, not it's, the, it's not the Maddie Collector group. That's the okay, retail then, then group, can, and they're completely easily, separate. We could easily just talk about Watchmen. It's the same thing. It's 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 twenty twenty five bucks a figure, and diminishing returns. And the Watchmen stuff, you know, I'm going to get it all because it's our probably our only chance to get these Watchmen comic you know, characters, but there's no way you can look at that, that line and, and say, this is the Watchmen line that I, that I wanted. You can look at the Bruckner sculpts from, from way back and, and look at that. And I believe there are solid sculpts somewhere along the way or at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but then we end up, you know, getting the, the result that we do and it disappoints a lot of people. See, I haven't been that disappointed in them. Uh, you know, I, I feel like, you know, Rorschach's head is a little goofy, and he's I wish than, that... He's taller than Dr. That, Manhattan. And I wish Dr. Manhattan were big, but, you know, I, I feel like Silk Spectre was good. Uh, I just got Comedian as a sample. Do you think that Dr. Manhattan looks anything like the Dave Gibbons artwork? Uh, he looks like a naked blue guy, so yeah. I'm talking about the, the actual facial sculpt. Do you think that looks like the Dave Gibbons artwork from the book? Uh, I don't think it's so crazy far off. I think it looks like a, some a genie, like some some wacky Disney genie. And it's and it's it's you know the the reason like like the Dark Knight uh, Batman, the Frank Miller Batman. It looks like Frank Miller's artwork. These things should yeah. look like Dave Gibbons sculpted them or they jumped right off the page that's what makes them distinctive and certainly separates them from the movie ones um i think if anything that you know dr manhattan should have been the easiest one to to nail and i don't think it looks anything like i think night owl is good silk specter is pretty good um but they're they're you know again we're talking 30 bucks a figure it's a lot of money for a blue guy that, that doesn't look like the guy from the book. Well, we're going to have to pick this up next episode because i got to bounce real bounce, quick. But, bounce. Uh, 
the subs are available on maddiecollector.com if you so choose. Uh, I'll put a link to the interview I do with Scott if you want to hear what he has to say. And I uh, hope everyone has a good week. Thanks, everybody. Shiny. Let's be bad guys. Secrets of nature's deepest mystery.